All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Behind the Visual with Mark Hansen, where I interview all those people responsible for creating the images and videos you see out in your world every single day. I am your host, advertising and lifestyle photographer Mark Hansen. And today, my guest, well, my guest is me. I have flipped the script, as you want to say, uh, as they say, I guess, with... Um, I am now the interview E or the interview person. So yeah, that person. I am going to be interviewed by Jason Neiman from Good Brand Company. Jason and I have known each other for a little while, uh, years, and he's a great guy. And he agreed to um, chat with me and ask me about me, which is not normally what I do or care to do. So this is a cool episode. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about how I got started. We talk about a trip uh, to Miami where uh, we rented a really bad motel and sank to the floor and some things where models did some stuff that you'll have to listen to. Um, we talk about how I got, like I said, how I got started, what my career is like now, why I changed the direction, all kinds of interesting little things i guess if you care anything about how i got started and what i'm doing now and a little bit of some behind the scenes stories about some stuff we've done and some assistance we've worked with and that kind of thing so check it out let me know what you think if you guys um like it at all like it thumbs up it subscribe to it all that kind of stuff and yeah let me know what you think about this one since the person being interviewed is myself and I'm not the one actually asking the questions on this one. So check out this flip the script version of Behind the Visual and uh, yeah, let me know what you think. All right, hey, 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 hey. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Visual with Mark Hansen. Um, this week, a little bit different take hosted by Jason Neiman, which is me. Um, and I have the pleasure of hosting an amazing uh, podcast that's been running now for over a year. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to Mark and learning a little bit more about Mark and where he comes from and what his background is. What's okay. up, Mark? Hey, hey, <laughs> can't wait. Come on, I man, this did. is going to be now, fun. These people, so I'll ask some people, like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not up for it. I'm like, all right, now I get it. I'm like, I get it. Really? Do you get a lot of that? Some, not a lot, but occasionally you get people like, you know, I'm really not good on camera. Not up for doing it. Yeah. But thank you or whatever. Or here's a good person to ask. I'm not the best. Right. Like, ask this person, that kind of thing. A little bit of a referral action. Yeah. Most people say yes, but there are occasionally people who like, nah, I want to pass. Yeah. Which, so here's a question for you. I'm going to start out with something that's completely off topic, but I'm going to ask it because I'm interested. Good. You know, you and I over the years have evolved with this whole podcasting thing. Um, we were just talking about before we started recording, um, you know, some online software to record podcasts and things like that. What have you done in your setup to improve change and, you know, maybe upgrade the stuff that you've got in your studio to, to do your recordings? I mean, as far as the podcast goes, well, I got a better mic now because of you. I got the blue, <laughs> whatever this thing is, the ice. Yeah. Snowball, I started yeah. using that. I got some LEDs. Where before I was just using like whatever light was coming in. Uh, so I yeah. got these LED panels that I'm using now to light me a little bit. Um, yeah. Same camera I've been using, but I am considering switching over. Although I'm using Nikon's, and they all shut off after like 20 minutes. So I'm not yeah. sure how to control that to keep them from shutting off to get that nice little out of focus background like you have there. Yeah. And uh, Art Schreiber had when I was talking to him, the photographer. So those yeah. little stuff like that, but yeah, I'm getting I mean, I would, I would, yeah, yeah, it's great. I would recommend. Um, I know you're a Nikon guy, and so am I when I'm shooting stills and stuff like that. But Canon makes a great camera called the M50. It's an EOS M50. Oh yeah. And um, I put on a 
55 millimeter pancake lens on it. Yep. Um, with a, it, but it, the thing about it is it's got a 1.2 f-stop. So just constantly letting tons of light in, obviously. Yeah. And the speed is different, which is how I'm getting the bokeh effect. Um, but the nice thing is you can put a battery pack in it, um, you know, with the AC adapter. It's got yeah. like, it's it's made for video blogging and stuff like this. So, okay. But you can change out the lens and stuff and it doesn't turn off. So I've been on it for, I don't know, maybe eight hours straight. Um, oh, it doesn't heat up. It doesn't do anything. So it's, it's pretty, pretty solid. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Damn. All right, let's talk about you, man. Let's talk about um, how did you get into photography? That's, uh, you know, you always ask that initial question, but I'm going to ask you the same thing. How did you get into it? That's because of my dad. Um, he taught photography in grad school through, when he was working his way through grad school. And he shot weddings and that kind of thing. So he got a job out of school, was working for a PR firm, and he was, or working for an insurance company, he was head of PR. And they do a thing, they would do a sponsor a golf tournament every year. And one year, Evil Knievel was there. So I was all into Evil Knievel and the jumping the motorcycles and breaking his bones and all that kind of stuff. So he had shot these pictures of Evil Knievel and he, we had a dark room in the basement of the house. And he said, you want to come into the dark room? I've got some stuff from today. I was like, sure. So I went down there and he's developing these pictures and it's this shot of Evil Knievel. And I see him take this blank, what I thought was a blank piece of paper and put it in the water. And all of a sudden this image of Evil Knievel pops up and I'm like, that's cool. I want to be able to do that. So that was probably the first thing. I mean, that was probably first grade, second grade. I thought it was cool and I remembered it and wanted to do it. And then middle school, they were looking for a photographer for the yearbook. And so my dad, I told him I wanted to do it. He gave me a old little Pentax 35 millimeter. So here you go. Showed me how to develop film, print it, all that in the house. So we made up a little, we had moved at this time from Cary, North Carolina to Charlotte and made a little dark room in the house show me how to do it actually we were using the kitchen at the time i think which my stepmother was very happy with um so that was it and then all of a sudden i realized that i like taking pictures really like taking pictures especially like the football team that and then the cheerleaders were paying attention to me because i was taking pictures and they wanted their pictures in the yearbook and i thought oh all right this is a good way because the girls are paying attention to me now and i'm just too tiny to play football or anything so I'm like there you go so that is in the, that's how I ended up taking pictures from that point forward. It just rolled and I started shooting bands locally and then, um, started shooting some, an agency came into town, a modeling agency. And I thought I hit them up, knew nothing about what I was doing. They're like, we're going to do test shoots. And I was like, okay. So they let me, they'd seen some stuff I'd shot. Let me do it. Obviously they were, they didn't know what the hell they were doing either. Cause I didn't have a clue because they said, we're going to do test shots and you're going to charge the girls this much, or we're charging them this much for test shots. And I was getting like 50 bucks or something. And I, my whole thought was, well, if it's a test shoot, why the hell are they paying for it? If we're just testing them, I didn't realize there's actually shots that they were going to use in their book and all that kind of stuff. So I did that. And then, um, Tammy, my wife, now we were just dating and she was like, well, you should try and shoot for this agency that I used to be with. So she hooked me up with them started shooting for them for a little bit. They would bring in photographers and occasionally I'd be up there and watch what they were doing and just kind of pick up some pointers. My dad gave me pointers on what to do. That small agency that I shot for, that chick was married to a dude who was a photographer in Virginia or maybe they were separated, I think. Anyway, he came down and he gave me some pointers on how to shoot models. And next thing I know, I'm over there shooting models at this other agency started working for that agency, running their new faces division, was told that they were only going to be able to pay me commission and weren't going to be able to pay me salary anymore. And I knew what kind of money was coming in. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. So I started sending out promos and decided I want to do it full time. That was after I went to school. I went to college and shot for the yearbook and took production, TV production classes and got a degree in advertising and came out and did absolutely nothing with it. And then I uh, started shooting. So, so, so you went to Chapel Hill? No, I wish. 
<laughs> where, where did you go? I went to Tammy went to Chapel Hill. I went to Appalachian State. Okay. Oh, yeah. you went to App. That's right. Yeah, I That's went right. To App. Yeah, up in the cold. And for those of you around the country and internationally that don't know, Appalachian State and Chapel Hill are both in North Carolina. So, um, two good Chapel schools. Hill's a little warmer. Chapel Hill is a little better known for sure, and App's a lot colder. Yeah. Chapel Hill, also known as UNC. Yep. Typically, right? Well, yeah. I did yeah, so you sort of classes there, but basically you just did? my GPA up. <laughs> <laughs> you figured I you had shooting, a whole ace, of, had an ace in the hole. I started shooting weddings at 16. So by the time I went to college, I'd already been shooting weddings for two years. Now, your dad owned a wedding like event company, right? Yeah, he owned a company called J Majors, and they did everything. For your wedding so it was a one-stop deal and when i was 15 i think he was like hey you want to help me at the wedding you can carry my bags around the cameras i need some help i'll pay you 50 bucks i was like 14 15 years old i was like hell yeah 50 dollars." and this was like 1985 probably 84 85 i was like yeah 50 bucks you believe i'll be there so i decided to do it i didn't know his whole plan was to get me to start shooting weddings so I would go these ways, just carry his bag, and he would kind of occasionally show me what he was doing. Like, see, I set the camera on this, and this is how I'm shooting this. And if you if they get into the frame at this point, I already know what the focus length is and what the f-stop should be. You, all you got to do is pull the trigger, which that helped a lot at my friend's wedding because I wasn't exactly sober when they were leaving and I was shooting it. So I just waited till I saw them fill up the frame and hit it, and it was all in focus. So that was good. But yeah, so I'm. 15 doing this helping him out occasionally he's like hey shoot the group shot i'm gonna watch you help you i come home one day from school and he goes hey uh you got a suit your suit ready i was like yeah why he goes you got a wedding this weekend on your own i went what he's like yeah it's all on you you got your own wedding by yourself this weekend i never met the bride or anything so i mean when you got married, if some dude you didn't know, skinny 16-year-old showed up to shoot your wedding, how would you feel that you had never met? I'm sure you'd be like, ah, this is going to suck. But they liked it, and I kept shooting. Turned out okay. Yeah, it's like 12 years or something like that I shot. You know, not not to get overly personal, but, you know, in the first, I don't know how long we've been shooting here, but in the first five, seven minutes of this, you've referred to your dad like a hundred times, which is so cool. Right. I mean, what a, what a great opportunity for you to have a a subliminal mentor, a guy who got you into it, but didn't do it where it was like, Oh, you're really great at this. You should do it. He just kind of brought you along and, you know, led you down that path. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have some great feelings about your dad for that. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I never would have gotten into this and really figured out that this is what I enjoyed doing if he hadn't, you know, done that. I mean, I knew I liked it in high school and weddings. I liked. I really like. It was mostly the money that I liked from weddings because I can't stand <laughs> to shoot a wedding now, um, unless I'm getting paid a lot of money and then I'm happy to shoot a wedding. But yeah, I think it was. It's all him as to why I, I started doing this from the beginning. You know, with that whole picture of evil Knievel that popped up at the very beginning right. and showing me how to do it in middle school. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that affects the, the way you approach your business in general, as opposed to the craft or the art form? In learning from him? Yeah. Um, do you think he gave you, do you think he gave you business advice in addition? Oh, like, did uh, you learn the business part in addition uh, to the art? Not even, not even slightly. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I saw he had a business, but I didn't. And from what I found out that I was in the will that if he died, I was going to be taking over the business. But I didn't know anything about how the business was run. I, I mean, he sat every day. Tammy worked for him for a while. She was a manager at his place. That's how we met because he hired her and I met her there one day when I showed up to pick up some stuff. But he would just sit in his chair all day and write on a yellow legal pad because he was trying to franchise and wanted to write a book or a manual. So then he would come home. He'd leave there at two to go to the bank, drop stuff off. Then he'd go home and he'd go up to his room at the house, sit in the chair beside the bed and sit there and write in that legal pad, just all the stuff. But I never really learned a lot of business stuff from him. I pretty much had to, I figured most of that out on my own and with some help. That, That 
other people. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough part of this business, honestly. You know, if you're a good artist, normally you're not a good business person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, typically. Well, that's, so yeah, you have to learn, you have to really have to learn it. I think it came, the learning came from having no choice and where's the hell the money coming from. And I bought some books, you know, on how to market yourself and that kind of deal. And I had a accountant that got me audited my first year when I was full-time in business. So um, I learned from that what not to do and how to, how to handle that. So wow. yeah, a lot of it was learned from just like reading these books and what the hell else can I do right here? And then occasionally I'd ask my dad, I was like, Hey, I need to do this. Or what do you think about that? Or I had friends who were already doing it at a higher level. And I would just say, Hey, you know, what do I need to do here? How do you guys do this? And they would help me out. Yeah. Uh, uh, do your kids have any interest in photography or doing anything artistic? None. No. They're, none. They're, they can take some good pictures, um, but they don't. And they sometimes I'm amazed at what they shoot just with their iPhones, but they have no desire to be a photographer. None. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest wants to, she's all math and science. Ashlyn, she's got a brain like ridiculous. And Alexa's very uh, personable and smart. And she's, she's got a weird major. She is a communications. She's a criminal justice slash communications major. She's a double majoring in those two, which so she'll be the PR person for the police department. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. I think she wants to, I think she wants to be, she wanted to be a detective, but then she found out you had to be an actual police officer first before you could do that. She's like, I don't want to do that, but she's real good with um, getting into everybody's business. <laughs> so TMZ uh, would be a good job for her. I think she'll be, she should go into the CIA, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I think she would It'll love be that. An FBI, be an FBI person. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. I think either one of those she would really like to do. Yeah, for sure. Because she likes to. Hey, um, what was your, what was your first, um, just kind of to take you down this road a little bit since we're talking history? What was your first like true advertising shoot? My first true advertising shoot was probably for, I think it was a company called Hartwell, and I got it from an ad agency, Doggett Advertising. And I had been sending some promos to them. I'd shot some like little magazine, you know, editorial fashion stuff. I'd got put in some smaller magazines and I'd been sending stuff to them. And I got a call one day from one of the guys over there asking me if I was available to do a shoot. And it was a cover shoot with maybe a couple of little, like, I think it was mainly the cover shoot and like three or four other little five little other shots that need to be reshot from they had already shot the thing, but something happened and they need to reshoot it. And I think it was $1,300, maybe something like that is what they were offering me to shoot it. And it was my first job from an advertising company. So I was like, hell yes, I'll absolutely, I will do it. I found an assistant because I didn't really use assistants much, but I knew I needed one. And, uh, it worked out. We made the cover. They didn't have to reshoot that one. So that was good. Because at the time I was just testing. I was like traveling the country, testing for smaller modeling agencies. That went to all these conventions. So I was traveling all over the place, gone constantly, just shooting a bunch of wannabe models, making okay. I mean, it wasn't great money, but it was occasionally, it was a good money, but I mean, it was all right. And I think the best thing about that though, was I learned a lot about how to, just go with the flow of whatever happens in a shoot. I learned a lot about how to find a location for a shoot, even if so, if the location we've picked originally for us doesn't work, I've learned a lot about how to find another location that's going to work because I spent years just showing up at random hotels or agencies and immediately having to find a place anywhere from like someplace on the beach to someplace literally in a strip mall and find place, a way to shoot and make it look good. So that was, it wasn't the greatest time of my career, but it helped. I think I learned a lot from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interestingly, I think we've shot together on the beach and at a strip mall, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so see, so yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, see, it did. Yeah, your 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 expertise definitely paid off. Yeah, on my that. expertise in shooting Let's is involved. That's right. Hey, you know, 
some of those shoots though, I mean, it's interesting because those strip malls, they have some interesting architecture and you can, you can definitely use that to your advantage. And I think you do a really great job of that. Um, you know, recently I know talking about your, your style and things like that, I know you've kind of changed a little bit about your approach and the creative direction and the style of the way you're, you're shooting. Why, why did you, first of all, why did you decide to change? And then secondly, what do you think are, you know, the differences and the benefits of you doing that? The change happened over quarantine or lockdown or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I was interviewing people. I was shooting a lot of like real happy lifestyle kind of stuff occasionally some fashion stuff but it was for the fashion stuff was smaller brands and i still do that and i still like that and then but a lot of it was more like the happy kind of cheesy smiley kind of stuff and it was okay but it was one of those things where i wanted to test it was a pain in the ass because you had to get all the models set up the clothing set up the makeup artist set up and i was starting to get tired of it um I had some ideas and they were, you know, I was still shooting. It was fine, but I did an interview with who's now my agent, Maria Avitabile. And Maria at the time was a consultant and she still is. And we just, we talked and we got along really well. And we decided we would keep up with each other and like talk maybe once a month or something. And so we started talking and she had looked over my website and she was like, you know, you've got some good stuff on here. Maybe you want to, tweak it a little bit. And I thought about tweaking my website already. I'd met a great art producer from BBDO in New York who had given me a lot of the same, had kind of told me the same thing. And when you start hearing the same thing from multiple people about your work and what's good and what probably needs to be put off to the side, especially when you're trying to go to, I decided I wanted to go to a different level. I want to take myself to a completely national level and not as much of a nationally, occasionally and more locally. So Marie and I started working. I had two reps at the time, but they weren't doing a lot at the, for me. Um, we just started doing a few things, but it just wasn't clicking or something. I don't know. So anyway, Marie and I started working. And the next thing I know, she's like, hey, you should start shooting this thing. Here's something else you should shoot. And I started, I think the first thing I did was I did some cart racing. A friend of mine's got two kids who race carts. And so I went and shot the cart racing and I really enjoyed it it's back to the kind of stuff that I was shooting before I ever was trying to do this to make a living at it. Like when I would go someplace, I would see cool things. I would just shoot it. And I was really getting into it and she liked it. And so then we was like, all right, let's come up with some other things we should shoot. So we started to come up with other things. I lucked up and got a couple of assignments, even over quarantine that worked out that worked into it. And I just discovered I'm back to really liking shooting and liking what I'm doing. So I'm not shooting as much of the, you know, 20 year old laughing into the camera kind of stuff, as much as I'm shooting real people doing real things, shooting some portraits, that kind of stuff. And I'm right. just, it's been really good. I'm really enjoying it. So do you feel like, like that's a fundamental shift in your business and it's going to change types of people that are looking at your work or do you feel, I mean, is that kind of the direction that you're thinking or yeah. is, are you really just trying to get yourself into a position later on in your career where maybe you're, you're just trying to get some more fulfillment out of what you're trying to do? I think it's a combination of the two. So I think definitely more fulfillment. I think it's going to be different people looking at the website now. Um, I still have the fashion page for the clients who want it but it's not up on the website i have it kind of i have it hidden so if they ask for the fashion stuff i send them a link to it and they can see it all there and it's weird as soon as i took it down i had like three people ask for fashion stuff <laughs> and wanted to see it so um but then there's still some stuff that i'm shooting that's still on the website that i still enjoy like we did a shoot for lowe's that was like a bunch of millennials sitting around having a party, you know, and it was cool because it wasn't the same as the stuff where you put somebody in a shirt, you sit them there, you got to make sure the shirt's absolutely perfect. Even though the client says they want it to really look natural, which they, they never do. They want it to look 
as pristine as possible. But the low shoot was cool because it was more about the feeling and the capturing the moment. So it was very similar to where I'm leaning to now. So you capture people doing their thing. It's kind of like stuff you and I did in um, where were we in Virginia, where mm-hmm. the, we had the older guys at the retirement community all sitting around talking or the people yeah. and I was just capturing it as they were just bullshitting with each other and laughing. That the grand, the grandmother with her grandson, which yeah, is like yeah, yeah, still one of the best, that's one of the most beautiful shots I think we've ever put into this industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. But it's you really, know, that, really nice. that's kind of yeah. stuff that's fun for me because it's just capturing these people doing their thing. And I'm not sitting there worried about is that shirt perfectly aligned and is there a wrinkle where there shouldn't be? I can just shoot it and have fun with it. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, a great, a great transition for you. Um, and certainly I think it affords you a little bit of yes and no out of your willingness to do whatever it is that you want to do versus, well, yeah, it's a job and I'll take it. And, you know, you got to be available. I think all of us evolve, you know, I sort I think certainly we've evolved as an agency into doing work that we feel like we get something out of. Yeah. Uh, It's worked for you guys. You guys are doing, I mean, from everything you've been telling me, it's really kicked it into gear. Yeah. It really has. And I think the passion behind it, I think that's really what you're getting at, which is you've got a passion for it and it changes the focus of, you know, what it is that you're trying to produce, which is really great. Yeah. So it was nice to find, you know, to find that kind of feeling again. And then Maria, one day we were sitting there finishing up the website. We were working on it and tweaking it towards the end. And she suggested we start working together and she knows all these people she knows tons of art producers art creative directors art buyers that i don't know you know maybe i've heard of them but i don't actually personally know them and she knows them all and i was like hell yeah and it's been great so far i mean we haven't gotten any work yet but we're me we're just really kind of getting into it and cranking it up now and she's been amazing to work with yeah yeah and i think it was her idea for you to kind of flip the script on your podcast, right? And have it, somebody. Yeah, it was her idea. Like, I think I remember you suggesting that at some point when we first started and then That's right. I wasn't overly excited about it. And then she said it <laughs> and you had said it and I'm like, damn it, between the two of you, I guess I have to do it. So yeah, I no, I mean, it's good. I mean, I think, I think, you know, learning a little bit more about yourself in these kinds of interviews and, and letting other people get a little bit of a glimpse into who you are. I think it definitely makes a difference. So that leads me into another question, which is, you know, it's kind of cliche to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it because I think it's important. And that is, you know, your brand has evolved and you have a, a new direction sort of. So what's the brand mission now? What, what are you trying to accomplish with the brand? You know, I, that's something I've never thought about. Um, I know as like a, I know there's a brand mission and all these companies do their mission statement and all that stuff. And I never yeah. did it. And I thought about it and I was just like, I don't know. And I was probably, and I've never written it down, but I think I've said it multiple times to people is my, I guess my brand mission would be to make you look as good as possible to your clients and make you look like a rock star to whoever your client is or who, to whoever, or if you're the final client to make you look like a rock star to, you know, the public or whoever you're trying to sell your stuff to, because that way, the better you look, the better I look, the possibility you hire me back is, is great. But I just think, and I try and do it in a way that's as laid back and chill as possible. So I don't, you know, I know you're, just in general, clients are stressed on a shoot because you're trying to get a certain amount of stuff. I mean, you've never seemed stressed to me on anything we've ever done. So you've always seemed like you've had the plan laid out. So I don't know if you're stressing internally or what, but you've <laughs> always seemed very calm and go with it. And I've had shoots that, like I had a shoot in Asheville for Wrangler and it rained all day long and it was an outside shoot and we had to get it all done because we literally had two or three days to shoot everything. And this was one day we had to shoot. So we're looking at the radar and I'm freaking out inside a little bit about how we're going to get this done. But I'm staying calm with everybody, with my assistant. We're watching the radar and I'm like, all right, in 10 minutes, we're going to have about 15 minutes to shoot. So we would 
watch and wait. And as soon as the rain stopped, we'd go out, we'd shoot it. In about 15 minutes, the rain would start coming back. We'd go back under. So it took longer to shoot, but we got everything done. And we had all the stuff we needed. We had strobes and all that stuff to throw in and make it look like it was sunnier than it was. But I would say if I had to say my brand mission is to make you look as good as possible to whoever your end client is and to do it in a way that keeps you stressing as little as possible from whatever's coming from my end, you know, and not adding any stress to you and hopefully trying to calm you down. And yeah, I have a one client, she I stresses mean, nonstop, man. And she actually, my client stresses and she's the end client and she's stressing. But I think from what my client has told me, I kind of helped calm her down a little bit. So she's not stressing as much. So that was good. And the other day, a producer asked me like three quarters of the way through the shoot. He's like, dude, do you meditate? And I was just, and it just came out of nowhere. I was like, uh, sometimes I try to, but you know, I don't always get in. Why? He goes, cause anytime I see somebody just has like this calm aura around them, like you do, I always want to ask them what they do. Cause I'm trying to get to that same level. I'm like, well, at least on the outside, it looks like I'm chill. So you're doing something true. right. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, that's true though. I mean, you know, as many times as, as we've worked together, um, I certainly think, you know, there's, there's some aspects that you bring to the table that probably, you know, in some of the other situations, they don't happen, which is humor is always a big part of working with you. You know, you, you've got a great sense of humor and, and usually the people that are on set with us, whether they be makeup artists or producers or whatever, they always kind of go with that flow. Yeah. And I think that definitely makes an impact. Um, I think being lighthearted about it, you know, I mean, we aren't saving lives, right? There's no ambulances pulling up. Um, so you got to take that into account. Uh, but I think the other piece of it is, you know, you know, your craft and, you know, when you know your craft, you're going to be a lot less stressed than if you're like, oh, well, I don't know what to set my camera to. I don't know where to put the lights. I don't know how to give direction. I don't know how to get something out of the person that I'm shooting. And I think when you get to that place in your career, like you've gotten, um, those things become more natural and it gives a calm to everybody else in the process. And that's something I've always enjoyed about working with you is, you know, that humor, that, that patience. Uh, one of the things I told one of my clients recently, we were talking about doing a photo shoot with you. And I said, I said, I, you know, we, we work with this photographer and he's just, he's a complete pro, right? He just, he comes on set, he does what he says he's going to do. And there's absolutely no ego involved. And I think that's a big difference between you and a lot of other photographers is, you know, they'll come in with their smoking jacket and pipe and be like, oh, I'm an artiste, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, we've got to take a picture of old people or we've got to take a picture of, you know, a soda and you got to figure that out. And, you know, as much as you want to make it look like you want to make it look, there's a certain point to doing it. Right. Well, yeah. And I so, mean, I'm being hired by you. Right. And right. I think that's the, that's the key to your, your chill is you understand that there's a, there's an end goal to what you're trying to do and you don't take it from an egotistical standpoint. You're just like, okay, this has got to get done. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's do it right. Which I, I think that's great. And then, yeah. I mean, you live your brand mission, right? I mean, your brand mission is in my mind, how you run your business, yeah. how you negotiate pricing, how you shoot and the quality of what you provide the over, you know, the over exertion of what you provide on the set when you're working I mean, you're always willing to do whatever, get up on a roof or, you know, yeah, and we've cool. done that before many <laughs> yeah. times, right? A little, yeah. a little sketchy, but yeah, yeah right. I mean, we do it. Yeah, it's good. So what do you think is unique about your process from other photographers or from other people that do what you do? Do you feel like you have, you know, some things that you do that are different? Well, I think you said a lot of it right there. Um, <laughs> I think it is that as part of it is that I do come in. My thing is I always feel like I'm there, like I said, to shoot for you. And to shoot what you want and to get my goal is to get whatever vision you have in your head to get that or get it better than what you have in your head. And 
if you want to shoot something and I don't really like it, or I don't think it's going to work, I'll tell you, but if you still want to shoot it, I'm going to shoot it. So you can see it. And then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right on what it looks like. Same thing with, if there's something I want to shoot and you're like, I, I don't know, I want this, I'll shoot what you want first. And then if we have time, let me shoot this at this you know, angle or with this lighting or whatever, something a little bit different. And I think that's just, I don't know if every photographer does that. I don't, you know, I, I never really assisted. I assisted one or two people. I've heard stories, you know, of some photographers are just like, no, we're shooting it my way. And that's right. the only yeah, way. Yeah, it happens. And I don't understand it because I've always felt you hire me. And yes, you're hiring me to shoot from what you've seen in my style or the way, you know, the look of my photography. But at the same time, I'm trying, I'm there to make you guys happy and to make you look good. You know, if I right. shoot it just the way I want to shoot it and it's not what you need, then you're not going to hire me back and you're probably going to have to spend more money to shoot it again with somebody else. And then that's going to get out and then you'll hear you right. shoot Mark, you got to shoot it over again. You know, so I'm not, I'm not the, uh, like a story I heard of David LaChapelle, which dude's on a totally, totally, totally different level. So I kind of, I guess maybe if I was the top 1% of photographers in the world, maybe I'd understand it. Supposedly JC Penny hired him for a shoot and was trying to tell him how they wanted it shot. And he was just like, uh, uh-uh, get out. You got to go. I'm shooting. You hired me to shoot it. I'm shooting it the way I want to shoot it. Go. And he sent wow. everybody except his assistants and whoever the models offset and shot it. But wow. 80 grand an image plus yeah. everything else. Yeah. So, and, and look at JC Penny now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so speaking of like things that go crazy on set, you know, you always love to ask people like, what's some of the craziest things you've seen? Um, you've been around the block and some of the stories that I've heard as we're traveling, you know, to a, a location or something are insane, but I'd love to have you like pick one or two out that you think are just bonkers. I don't know. See, I, and it's, I didn't get this until, cause I've always asked that question, but I never really understood it until I started thinking about it. If I get asked it, what am I going to say? It comes from your perspective. Like I asked this dude the other day who's had a nuts life. I mean, but it was all with like heavy metal bands and he was worked for a record label design stuff. So what seemed normal to him is probably to us like, Holy hell, really? You did all that. Like he right. went to, the house of Dimebag from Pantera. And it was telling me at the house, but he thought it was just like, eh, it's just whatever. And I was like, holy shit, he's got like smoke fog machines in his house. And he was just like, yeah, well, yeah whatever. But I mean, the first thing that comes to mind was on a shoot. Well, my makeup artist at the time, we were working a lot together. Heather Hawkins was it. And she's doing a lot of movie stuff now. So she's doing more movie but we were, we were going down to Miami for, I think we were going down for a week to test. And we were told that if you went to, I can't remember what hotel it was, some cruddy hotel and told me with Ford models, you could get a room for $50 a night. That should have been my first clue that this was not going to work out well. So <laughs> we go in there and I'm like, Hey, we're with Ford. Like, okay. So they put us in a room. I get on, I lay on the bed and immediately <laughs> basically hit the floor. I mean, the, oh the bed gosh. sunk so much. So I was like, this isn't going to work. So I went in and asked him if we could get another room. He was like, yeah, okay. There's a room at the very end of the hall I can give you guys. So we go down at the end of the room. And Heather and I aren't dating. We were just friends. We've never dated, never, nothing like that. But they put us in a room with just one big bed. And that's it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so we decide we can make one it. one foot on the floor pretty much we put we <laughs> yes, literally put a wall of pillows between us <laughs> to make sure that we didn't even touch at night so heather's like all right fine she goes into the bathroom she comes back out she goes uh-uh uh-uh i'm like what she goes there's a window in the bathroom and we're on the first floor that looks straight out into the alleyway and there's nothing covering it like and i just saw people oh walk by I went, really? So I call him, do you guys have a shade or something? He's like, hold on. So he comes, he dude shows up with a towel and a hammer and two nails. He's like, pop, 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 pops it in. And that's the way we're covering the shower. So we're like, all right, we got to get a new place tomorrow. But the whole night I didn't sleep 
because I heard Heather going whispering <laughs> 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 like a like a beaten dog all night long. She was so scared. I can't wait to send a link of this video to Heather because <laughs> I know Heather pretty well, and so she's going to love this story. I'm trying to get her on here, but she's she's getting ready to do a movie out west with a major major director and one or two absolute iconic actors wow and so i think she's she's not key hair and makeup but she's i think she's continuity so she's gonna be on there so she's gonna meet all these people so we decide we'll do it after she gets back from that so i'll have her on here but yeah we she'll be a great of, interview oh yeah we got so many stories together i think she's you know, hilarious yeah that's what i found out that was the night i think i found out she didn't eat pizza she does now but at the time she's like i'm not eating pizza like, Why? <laughs> it's like a stab on a piece of bread <laughs> That she was, she is, I mean, we, she we got there, we ended up finding another hotel and which was a lot better, a lot nicer. It was only, it was $85 a night. So, but Ooh. it was actually pretty decent. And we ended up going to modeling agencies and finally found a model or two that we wanted to test that we were, cause we were just going down there to do some stuff for our book. And the night before we go to this place and I'd only shot like, crappy little test shoots of these girls up in North Carolina and I had no clue what I was doing. So we get to Miami and we're looking at clothes for the night, you know, for the shoot the next day. So we go to the girl's apartment and she just lays out all these clothes that she has and Heather and I are looking at them and I'll sit down in this chair and I'm like, Hey, here, put this on. I throw it at her. She just strips right there in front of me. Now that nothing <laughs> but a thong. And I went, uh, Hey, try this on. Hey, try this on. <laughs> hey, try this on. <laughs> so finally we got her. We picked out the stuff we were shooting. We had a dude who was going to uh, do it with us the next day. We're shooting in this alley. They're supposed to be making out in the alley kind of a thing. The guy's all on her, right? He's like groping her, going down. He's like slowly, he's like acting like they're kissing or they are kissing or whatever. And then he goes down and he starts pushing her dress up a little bit. And we're shooting film. So I'm just paying attention, trying to pay attention to everything, but I can't. So I'm shooting and shooting. And all of a sudden, I realize he's pushed the dress up too high and she's not wearing any underwear. Oh, my god! So I'm like, hey, 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 I thought I caught it before I shot it. So I'm like, all right, stop, stop, stop. Let it go. And we go get the film developed. I have a contact sheet made. I take it to the agency. The agency... Uh, head of new faces is looking through the contact sheet with a loop. And all of a sudden he stops and goes, is she naked in these pictures? I'm like, no, she's not naked in these pictures. He goes, she looks like she's a little bit naked right here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I looked down and there was the shots. There are like three of them and you could see everything. And then the girl comes in, the model comes in she hears what we're talking about. She goes, let me see. And then she immediately takes the Sharpie and is like, and just covers oh everything up gosh. with the Sharpie. Yeah. So that was my very first trip shooting in Miami. And somehow I turned one. around and went back for three months after that. <laughs> I mean, that, that place, I mean, we've, yeah, that place is unique, just like New York is unique and LA and San Francisco and all the great places to shoot, but yeah, definitely unique. Man, we did um, shoot, um, it was, we were doing like a five day shoot down there for belt department stores. And my assistant met me down there. He came in from New York and he met me down there early and when I showed up, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And so I go meet him at dinner. And as soon as I sit down to meet him at dinner, him and uh, my other assistant both look at me and go, dude, thank you so much. I'm like, what? Thank you. They were like, thank you for the welcoming gift. And I'm like, I don't, what do you mean welcoming gift? It was, well, as soon as we got into our hotel, which was right there in the middle of South Beach, it's like, we get in our hotel, all of a sudden our door goes flying open and there's a chick with no top on just going, hey guys, it's kind of bouncing up oh and down. Oh my gosh. And we're like, well, hell yeah, thank you. How are you? And he said, next day we know her boyfriend comes and grabs her and goes, sorry, and just brings her texture back oh down the hallway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, South Beach is definitely an interesting place to be for sure. Yeah, it's like New Orleans. Oh, yeah. um, so talk to us a little bit about some of the brushes with celebrity fame. I mean, I know you've, been around a lot of different people but what are some of the big ones that you've you've done i haven't shot a lot um of celebrities uh, brooklyn decker is probably the biggest and i shot brooklyn right like her second shoot ever 
I think, right after she'd been discovered. She still had a gap in her teeth. And uh, <laughs> I shot her then. And actually, I'm glad she didn't listen to me because Tammy and my wife and I were talking to her and she said she was going to get it fixed. I'm like, oh, I think it makes you unique. It's cool. I like it. You shouldn't get that fixed. And then she did. And I think we probably pushed her career <laughs> off. So don't listen to yeah. me for modeling advice. Um, then the rest of it's, you know, you know, people like the cowboy from the village people, you know, the original cowboy, Randy Jones. But then it's, the rest of it's been like CEOs, you know, guys like people like that where you have, Right. Or um, I shot, probably most people don't know, George Lynch. He's a guitar player that played for Dawkins in the 80s and 90s and had a Lynch Mob, a band. I did a shoot with him. But, you know, it's a lot of those shoots where I found anytime you shoot anybody who's got any kind of importance that you have, other than when I shot Brooklyn again after she had done the, the SI cover and all that stuff she, we st it wasn't the same we still had time with her but everybody else you have a limited amount of time you have 10 to 15 minutes tops sometimes and I shot Kamala right. Harris and that's I what was I was told, just gonna say yeah I shot Kamala Harris and I was told I was gonna have a minute to shoot her and uh, luckily I got two minutes to shoot her but you got to be prepared so all that stuff i'm setting up ahead of time trying to figure out where's my lighting going to be how's it going to be testing it as much as possible Kamala was a lot harder because we were i was shooting the stills for they were doing a video with her and i was shooting the stills and they wanted some portrait shots to go with the video but like i said i had i was told i had 60 to 60 seconds the shooter luckily i got Eesh. in there beforehand and some got some people to stand where i thought i wanted it i had i couldn't bring in any equipment i had to use whatever equipment they had uh, i had a little pop-up flash on my d810 that i was using so i put a little bit of a paper towel or something over it to diffuse the light because i realized i thought their lights were going to be perfect but where I, I wanted to shoot their lights weren't set up for it so i got a little bit of their lighting set up with that but yeah, that was, that's the least amount of time I've ever had. You know, I've shot CEOs before where you have five minutes or 15 minutes right. to, have, to have everything set up. But that Kamala Harris shoot where I'm told to have 60 seconds, that was uh, probably the most nerve wracking one I had. But like I said, I was there like three hours early to test lighting and wow. set up and all that. Kind and of so stuff. they were shooting a video and you were able to like shoot some like on set video or like yeah, during so they were or, the original thing was they were shooting video it was for this sneaker thing for um I'm converse com, yeah it was a converse Chuck Taylor, right? go vote yeah and it was for some kind of i can't remember the name of the, the client right now or the company that was doing it but originally it was going to be i was supposed to get there and maybe shoot some stuff as they're setting up and then it's going to have 60. I wasn't even supposed to be in the room while they were videoing. So it was going to be, can't be in the room while they're videoing. They'll bring me in right as they finish videoing. I have 60 seconds to get in there and shoot. Luckily, I talked the producer into talking to her people to let me be in there. And so I was still just supposed to be watching. They're like, just watch. Well, I can't just watch. So I started, I put my <laughs> camera on silent and started shooting and didn't disturb anybody. I saw how they, they were mic'd, so there wasn't a big boom catching all the sound. They were, had lobs on, so I was just like, I put the camera on silent and just started shooting from a distance. And then that helped as well, because it helped me look at the back of the camera and see the lighting even a little bit better than I'd already set it up. So I knew exactly how, when it was time to shoot her, the two places, I had two locations to shoot, because I had to shoot her and the host and then her by herself. So I was ready to roll when that happened. And, I talked to her for a second. She had a, her shirt was popping open. And you could see straight through it on the video. Like, and nobody was paying attention to it. And I was like, hey, you need to like push your shirt in. And I tried telling somebody to tell her. And the guy I told, he didn't know what the hell I was trying to say. So some one of her people told her. He was her, probably like, petrified too. Like, probably, gosh, yeah. am I really supposed to say this to Kamala Harris? When I was, and so they told her and she kind of fixed it, but nobody really helped her fix it. And then they were doing the one of the bigger parts of the video scene. And I noticed that you could see it again from the angle where the camera was, you were going to see straight into her shirt. Luckily they screwed up the guy who was hosting it and had to do a part two and they were talking about it. And so while they're talking about it, I'm standing right beside this mannequin and she's staring at this mannequin. So I just kind of 
pulled over in front of the mannequin with like your shirt, you know, fix that thing. And she looked down and she was like, thank you. And fixed her shirt. And from that point on, it didn't pop out again. But yeah, you I was surprised her. that nobody saw that they were shooting straight into her shirt. I couldn't believe nobody caught that. And I think she sometimes had, like, multiple when that people kind of stuff her. happens. Yeah. yeah. I think people are so focused on what she's saying and all that. that she, they're probably not really paying attention to I think it's other I don't get, details. I've not found one person that I've been intimidated by as far as shooting. Because my wife I mean, and they're people, right? They were just like, I can't believe you said that to her. So my assistant's like, she's a person. I'm sure she was right. happy that I told her we're shooting, seeing straight into her shirt. Yeah. Right. So I just, I don't know. I don't get intimidated, but I, I'm respectful, obviously, you know, but I'm not right. intimidated to the point where I'm scared to say something to anybody or ask them to do something. Yeah. So have you gotten into a situation where you're like, you know, this shoot just isn't going to work out. I'm really disappointed. And then you're surprised by how the results turn out. Probably. Probably that, um, that shoot in Asheville for Wrangler because it was raining because uh, that it was raining all day long. All I was thinking was I'm screwed. This is not going to come out well. They're not going to be happy with this. I mean, everything's overcast and crappy and wet. And we're trying to shoot in locations that, you know, we're trying to do like a picnic shot and the ground's wet. And we're trying to figure out how to do all that. And I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff we had not counted on happening because we knew it was going to rain, but it was supposed to rain just a, short period of the day for a few, you know, like maybe an hour of the day instead of all day long. So that was the shoot where I was worried about it, but I had lunch later with um, one of the people from Wrangler and they said they were extremely happy with it and they loved the way everything turned out and they were already using it. And so luckily, you know, it all turned out the way it was supposed to. And I didn't really, I didn't even see the final images. One of the models posted it up on Instagram and I was like, holy shit, that's the stuff we shot. And he was like, yeah, man, you can see it here. I found it here. So then I went and found it. And that's the way, because they had never got it from them, which that happens occasionally. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably the shoot where I was the most worried about it going bad. But luckily it came out. Turned out all right. Yeah. 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 No ambulances. Exactly. <laughs> So what do you kind of, what do you kind of see for the next, you know, couple of years? I know everything's a little bit up in the air these days, but what do you see as far as your future coming up shortly? I think it's definitely from the, the new direction that Maria and I have pushed my work into starting to get more interest from the kind of clients that are more national that we really, you know, are looking to go after so I think it's going to be more of that. I think it's probably going to be more travel, which I don't know that Tammy's ever really thrilled because the girls are about to leave the house. And then if I start traveling more, then she'd be left at home more. But um, from what it looks like is starting to happen or starting to, the interest is starting to get, it's going to be, you know, bigger, bigger clients, bigger um, ultimate in clients that you've heard of like one of my goals i would love to shoot for visa you know and do one of those like visa travel cards where you travel to multiple places and and shoot people doing you know whatever like making leather shoes in italy or something like that so right. that's kind right. of the, the goal that we have in mind right now for the next like sometime in the next five years to hit that yeah and what about video I mean, are you transitioning to more video? Yeah, I'm definitely trying to do some more of that. Um, we just did some stuff last week that um, we shot. Haven't gotten the, haven't started editing it yet, but just looking through the raw stuff at the moment. So definitely getting more equipment to shoot it and do it better as well. Um, I still want to shoot. I still, I like, I actually have a degree in broadcast production. It's media advertising, broadcast production. So I did a lot of that in college. And then when all of a sudden you can do it on your camera, as opposed to having to go buy some big ass video camera and all the editing software and equipment. Cause I had that for a minute. I had like the software and some guy let me borrow his editing thing. Cause he was a video guy that he had shot some stuff. He used to shoot a lot for my dad. So he let me borrow it and tweak it. I was like, man, that was 
those were the days where I had to splice, you know, tape together mm -hmm. and, and film together. And now you can do it on your computer. Life's a lot easier. And I actually enjoy yeah. it. I, I enjoy shooting video and I'd like to get to a point where, you know, I'm more just, I'm directing, you know, and then can sit in. I don't really like editing very much. I have some people who are better at that than I am. And uh, I still edit, but I would like to be able to just pay somebody to edit. And yeah, just, I mean, that's an art That's an art form, just like shooting is an art form. You know, oh, yeah, just like absolutely. audio is an art form. Uh, you know, editors are, when you find a good editor and, and you feel like they know what they're doing, man, makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, they just, can take some. I mean, not, not just the quality, but the speed, too. I mean, they can knock things out in a day that you're trying to work on for a week, you know? And they can take half-assed stuff and make it look amazing. Yeah. And you get yeah, a bad editor, true. you can take amazing stuff and they can make it look like crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No doubt. So um, maybe we should wrap up here, but um, I, I definitely think that, you know, this flip the script episode, I think that's what you should call it. Flip yeah. the script with Mark Hansen. Um, I mean, it's good because I think, you know, the hosts um, that are always interviewing people, they, you know, you get some of their personality and some of their, um, you know, what, what their vision and what they're trying to accomplish is. But I think for the viewers, I think even for me, you know, sort of hearing you talk, you can really see an evolution of your career and where you've, where you've gotten to. And I think, you know, the fact that you've gone into podcasting, the fact that you're reevaluating what you're doing. I mean, everybody's sort of reevaluating this year after yeah. what we've been through, but um, you know, there's a maturity about you, Mark, that I think um, a lot of photographers don't have, even if they've been doing it for 30 years. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can say, you know, that you're probably my favorite person to work with when it comes to shooting either videos or photography um, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, but man, you know, it sounds like you've got a, a real new focus on where you're headed. And I think that's a, a real positive step for you. Um, and it's going to just enhance the work you're doing for everybody else and, and for yourself. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I mean, I, I appreciate you doing this and you're right. Yeah. I'm definitely heading off to in a direction I'm more excited about than I have been in a long time. And you're a hell of an inter, uh, interviewer. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, well, you man. do a killer job. I see why you're on, got your own thing going on too. So, yeah, man. Well, appreciate it. It's fun. You know, I, I just love learning about people and I know you do too. I mean, we yeah. both share that and, uh, you know, you, you have to surround yourself with interesting people, whether that be people you work with or people that you're friends with or your family and, and keep those people close and, uh, you know, stay connected to those people. Cause that's really what it's all about. You know, yeah. interesting people and people that lift you up and make your life better and, for the people that don't, they get voted off the island. That's right. what I always say. <laughs> See you, bye. Yep. Well, I've always said to so, people, oh, it's all about who you know. I'm like, no, it's about who you know that likes you. you know, yeah. that's, those are the yeah. people that want to work with you. If they like you and you like them, then it's, it's a fun, like, I love working with you. Like, you're yeah. one of my favorite people to work with because oh, I always appreciate that. a great time. We do. We it's do. not one of those things where I, we shoot and I'm thinking, all right, as soon as the shoot's over, I'm going back to my room. Or I'm going to suffer <laughs> yeah. through dinner and then I'm going to go straight back to my room as fast as I can because I don't want to do right. it as long as possible. So, yeah. You'll have an, you'll, will, you and I will have an unnamed um, assistant, <laughs> like 14 fillets of fried, fried catfish or something at dinner one time. <laughs> that was hilarious and also awesome at the same time. I'm like, Dude, he is getting all of that money out of that all-you-can-eat catfish yeah. or yeah. trout or whatever it was. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but, man, he was like, I'll take two more. Yeah, Give me another one. And the weird that thing is awesome. he's trying to be vegan now. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's awesome. Wait, talk about a person you want on your island, though. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, well, good, man. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed this greatly. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Mark Hansen and uh, – you know, I, we're in advertising, both of us, and the best form of 
um, advertising is word of mouth, I think, and recommendations and testimonials. Yeah. Don't tell my clients that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I really do. I think, you know, if somebody vouches for you, uh, it makes a huge difference. And man, I can't, I can't say enough. You're, you're a great, great guy. You're a great family guy and uh, you're a phenomenal photographer. So all the best to you, man. I'm glad I'm honored that you picked me to interview you. And thank you, man. Um, here's another, here's to another uh, great year here, 2021. Let's do it. Yep. Thank you, Jason. Dude, I really appreciate it.